As you know, those of you who are here last Sunday, I spoke to you from Romans 7 concerning the, its relationship to the marriage supper of the Lamb that is re- mentioned in Revelation 19.7. And uh, asked the Lord that it would forever wipe away any thought that you might have in your hearts uh, concerning your part in salvation, that it is all of God, and it involves only one thing from us, and that is faith, and that that faith is a gift of God. This is very important that we understand that. That we do not possess anything unless it come from God. We're not redeemed with corruptible things such as silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without spot and without blemish. And so, redemption is all of God. Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 make sure that we understand that. It says, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Notice that. For by grace are ye saved through faith, And that faith is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So our salvation is by grace through faith. And that that faith has to be in Christ's death as our death. It is not just a matter of Christ dying for you. It's a matter of you dying with Christ. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. The I is dead in God's eye. And that death of Jesus Christ, our death with him, is to all that would ever condemn us. We're dead to it all. The minute you died with Christ, certain tremendous things happened. And that's what I spoke to you about last week. And I think that unless this is fully understood, we will be all mixed up concerning salvation. This is why people get mixed up on getting lost and saved and lost and saved. He that is dead is freed from sin. Don't talk about it anymore. Let me just read the verses to you quickly and then I want to go on to the next portion. Not having to do with the actual marriage of the Lamb. I've been talking about that, but I want to speak about the guests who are coming. Going to be guests at that marriage supper. And uh, some wonderful guests. I'm looking forward to the day, may I say that? Uh, that marriage supper. 
I won't talk about it right at the moment, but I'm going to meet some people I've wanted to meet for a long time, especially my Savior, face to face. Now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. This is the, the joy that we have in our hearts. We're going to see Christ face to face. But let me just quickly now, to, to gather it together, Romans 6, 7 to 11. Remember, our faith is in our death with Christ. This is absolutely implicit. You will understand why Paul says, I would know nothing among you save Christ and him crucified. Why? Because there is nothing. He says, if you don't have this, you don't have anything. But why? Notice what he says. Romans 6, 7th to 11th verses. He that is dead is freed from sin. Now notice how he goes on. Now if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dies no more. Death hath no more dominion over him. Notice. For in that he died, he died unto sin once. May I ask you a question? How often did Christ die for sin? Once. In Hebrews it says, For by one offering he hath made perfect forever those that are saved. Tremendous transaction. He died unto sin once, but in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Now, you put a big circle, will you, around the next word, likewise? That means just the same. Do you agree with me? Just the same, likewise. Reckon yourselves to be, what? Dead indeed unto sin. How often did Christ die unto sin? Huh? How often will you die to sin? All right? Reckon. Reckon. Sin will still be there because the flesh is still here, but God says, you've accepted Christ's death. All right. Therefore, he died to sin once. Likewise, reckon yourself dead to sin. Thank you, Lord. He was made sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. He wasn't made sins. He was made sin in all of its heinousness and its terribleness. Every sin that's ever committed, all sin, he was made sin for us. Who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Likewise, reckon yourselves to be dead in seed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. In that he died, he died unto sin once. In that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Behold, I am he that was dead and I am alive forevermore. How often can you die to sin? Once. How long will Christ live? Forever. How long will you be alive unto God? Forever. Likewise. All right? You should never leave here today without that in your heart. 
Likewise, reckon yourself. You know, this is a tremendous thing. You know, you'll only have this by faith. Don't you dare try to reason this thing out. This is what God's given you. You don't grasp this by intellectual power. You grasp this by the Holy Spirit. If the Spirit of Christ dwell in you, isn't this what Jesus tells us? I will give you the Spirit and He will guide you, what? Into all truth. Can I know truth without the Holy Spirit? Of course not. You'll have all kinds of doubts. You won't grasp this at all. You won't see the sovereignty of God in all his tremendous power. And what happened when Christ died and God saw you in Christ? You are only identified with Christ, remember, on the cross of Calvary and in his resurrection. You're not identified with Christ in his years of life as the Lamb of God prepared for the death on the cross of Calvary. Your identification with Jesus is not with the Master in his life. His life was a preparation not for you, but for God, his Father. It was sinless and perfect that he might be the sinless, perfect Lamb of God that would pay the penalty for your sins. He need not pay for himself. He was sinless. And so your identification with Jesus begins on the cross. I would know nothing among you save Christ and him crucified. Why? You are identified with Christ on the cross. It is the death of death. There's a book by that title, incidentally. The death of death. To you and to me. When Christ died upon the cross of Calvary. And so... I just want this to be so deep in your hearts, beloved, that you'll never have a bit of doubt. It's only one thing counts here. Do you believe God? That's all. Why will you read the treatises of men and accept it? What are they? What is man? Doesn't God say that? What is man that God should consider him? When we think of his thoughts are above our thoughts as high as the heavens are above the earth. And then somehow we'll read the treatise of a Mahatma Gandhi or a Muhammad or a Buddha rotting in their graves or Confucius or we take Plato or we take Socrates or we take all of this. It's merely an education that will last as long as your life lasts and you'll take it to the grave and who cares? The thing that I'm speaking about is life, life eternal. And this can only come from God. It's revelation. It's by the Spirit of God. And that's why I say it's a matter of what you believe. Do you believe this? God says, reckon yourself to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Do you believe this? He died to sin once. Therefore, likewise, you died with him unto sin once. In that he lives, he lives eternally unto God. 
Behold, I am he that was dead, and I am alive forevermore. I give eternal life unto those that believe on me. And no one shall pluck them from my hand. Why? Because we died with him and we're risen with him. Do you have it? Do you have it? Never leave this place without this in your heart. This is the essential doctrine of the church. The church is not some clubhouse to expound some way of life that might somehow be acceptable to society. We believe that when Christ is received into the heart by faith and the redemption that there is in Christ Jesus, we become new creatures in Jesus Christ and our attitudes toward God in love for Him and for His blessed Son and the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit, we become to man what we should be to man. And not before that. The world is progressing in the wrong methods of all kinds of social reforms. And I want to tell you, social reforms, with all of their hoped-for results, I want you to look at our nation today and tell me, where has man's wisdom brought us? And so, dead to sin. Dead to sin. Romans 7, 4th chapter, 4th verse. Notice. Number 2. I want you to put this, you know what I do. It's a good way to do it, too. I think of my mind as though it has pegs on it. And I hang them on the pegs. Hang these things on the pegs of your mind, you see. So they're there. Then you'll never be confused about whether I'm lost or saved. And you won't let someone come along and say, yeah, but, you know, I know a verse that says, and then you say, well, all right, I'll give you a hundred that say you're redeemed eternally. All you got to do is say, did you die with Christ? All right, likewise, reckon yourself to be dead unto sin and alive unto God through Jesus Christ. Number two, Romans 7, 4. Wherefore, my brethren, ye are also become dead to the law by the body of Christ. What does it say? You have become dead to what? To the law by the body of Christ. You're redeemed. You can know it without a doubt. You say, but Lord, I, I always thought the Ten Commandments would, were the thing I've been trying my best. God says, don't you see, over in Galatians, he says, for the law was our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. But where we've come to Christ, the schoolmaster's passed away. The law came by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Beloved, the law is precious and the law is good. And the law will live forever as God's picture of the very moral character of God. But it is not the means of salvation. The law was our schoolmaster, especially the Jews, not meant for us. We adopted it to lead us to Christ. God says, just look at it and you'll know you can't win 
Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, thy soul, and thy mind, and thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and all the prophets. And we'd all have to say, God, forgive us. We haven't done the first and we haven't done the second. Because none of you have ever loved the Lord to God with all your heart, your soul, and your mind. And none of you have ever loved your neighbor like yourself. You haven't even loved your loved ones. Those in your own family. Like yourself. And so we're dead to the law. How? By the body of Christ. You know, let me put it this way. My life terminated when I came to Christ in relationship to sin, in relationship to the law according to God, and in my relationship to my Adamic ancestry. In Adam all died. In Christ all are made alive. And so I ceased to exist in relationship to sin as far as its power to condemn me. I'd still have the old flesh that would still crave and do things at times that hurt my heart. But God says, you reckon yourself dead unto sin by the body of Christ. My son, you belong to me. And I hate the flesh myself. I hate the very grave clothes you live in. It bothers the heart that loves you so much that you still have to be in flesh. I have felt that I have to put this wonderful treasure in an earthen vessel. It's humiliating, I know, to have the Holy Spirit in you and yet to find yourself at times swept into some sin. But remember, before me, you died with my son and you died to sin. You died with my son and you died to the law. You died with my son and your relationship is broken to sin, to the law, and to Adam. And you are now in Christ a what? New creature. And you are on the road to glory though you may have all the grave clothes and the defilements hanging on you. God help us. And give us victory. Now let me just quote the verses that I quoted on, on Wednesday night because I, I can't pass without quoting these. They are so blessed and so wonderful. After you finish with Romans 7, see, you hit Romans 6 and you get rid of the sin, dead to sin. <laughs> Isn't that great? You know, it, it really makes me sorry when I read men who write books and leave it all aside and begin to talk about a hope so salvation. I had that when I was a Roman Catholic. I was in grace, out of grace, in grace, out of grace. It depended upon whether I got to confession or didn't get to confession. Boy, even if I was sick on a Saturday, I was pretty, pretty careful. Even if I was sick and could hardly move, I'd make sure I got to the confessional and be sure that when I got to the confessional, that I would there confess my sins. And beloved, it's so important. All right, we'll just wait one minute. Let's just bow our head for a word of prayer. Dear Father, we do pray that you bless our dear brother Haywood and watch over him.
and bless his life and take care of him for us. In Christ's name, amen. Over in Romans, as I said now, I just want to quote Romans, the 8th chapter, the 6th, the 7th, wonderful, dead to sin, dead to the law, dead to the Adamic relationship. Listen, do you really see yourself in this position? Have you ever seen yourself like this? A new man alive in Jesus Christ with new desires, new hopes, new dependencies, You've got a vision of Jesus Christ coming again. You know He's coming. You know the marriage supper of the Lamb is coming. You, you see yourself with a glorified body fashioned like under the body of Jesus Christ. You see these things as absolute realities. They're not some fairy tales, not some fantasia that's coming to your mind, but they're the realities of life. And you see them all and you're drinking them in because you know you, you've died with Christ to sin, you've died with Christ to the law, you've died with Christ to Adam. You're a new creature, a new man. You've been born again. Well, if you've been born again, the old birth is gone. Let's forget it. New birth into the family of God. Sons of God. Then notice that in this 8th chapter. Ah, how wonderful. Notice what he says. He comes through the 6th and 7th. He's told us what we're dead to. Now notice what he does. How tremendous. There is therefore now, present tense, no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. In Christ. See, dead with him, alive with him. Likewise, likewise, likewise. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. The habit of your life is not after the flesh. That's what it means. Oh, you may fall into sin. There may be times some great temptation sweeps you. God deliver you from this and give you strength over it. There are sins which easily beset us. We're all different in personalities and characters, in passions. We're not all the same. Some men, some women have tremendous emotional natures. Some men have natures that are so filled with their capacity for anger and, and terror in their hearts. And some are gamblers and some are drunkards and the desire for this and the desire for that is different in every man. God didn't pour us into the same mold, but he has proven that no matter how deep the defilement, no matter how wicked it is, you can have victory over any one of them. It doesn't matter what they are. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. Oh, beloved, I'm walking after the Spirit of God and so are you if so be that the Spirit of Christ dwell in you. Paul says, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. So if the Spirit of Christ dwells in you, you have found now that when sin comes, all oh, your heart is so broken so deeply broken because your, your spirit within you is grieved and you feel so burdened and you cry out to God and you flee to Him and you plead for forgiveness. This is the Son of God. This is the child of God, you see. We don't walk after the flesh. We say, Lord, we're sorry we even got flesh. We would to God we didn't. Paul says, with my flesh, God, I obey the Lord's sin but with my mind, with my mind, the Lord God, oh, wretched man that I am, 
Who shall deliver me from this body of my death? I thank my God that through Jesus Christ I have deliverance. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law, I'm quoting now, you can read it, Romans 8, 1 to 4. For the law of the Spirit of life, ah, the Holy Spirit, hath made me free from the law of sin and death. Free! Third verse. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through my flesh, God, sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. What doctrine! I don't know. I've, you know, I've been saved now, let's see, 25 years in 1969. And do you know, my heart thrills more when I read it today than the day I was saved. You know why? Because God has given me more and more and more of His grace. So now those words really mean something. When I was first saved, I couldn't possibly grasp all that. How do I know that? Hebrews tells me. He says, Peter and, Peter and Paul tell us. Well, you, Paul, Peter uh, speaks, pardon me. Peter, Peter speaks about feeding on the milk of the Word. That's for babies. He says, you babes in Christ, feed on the milk. When you get to Paul, what does Paul say? He says, you know, it should be that you're not babes anymore, but you should be able to eat strong meat because you're mature Christians and you should be able to grasp it through the Holy Spirit. Oh, beloved, I pray, doctrine doesn't mean a thing unless that doctrine is in your soul. May I repeat that? Doctrine doesn't mean a thing unless that doctrine is part and parcel of your soul. And I tell you this, there are people who have read their Bible over and over and over again and don't know the doctrine that I've talked about today. But that's the doctrine. And that's why Paul said, I would know how much Nothing among you save Christ and Him crucified. Why, Paul? Because by that crucifixion, you died with Him to sin and its power to condemn you. You died with Him to the law of Moses and to its power to condemn you. You died with Him in your relationship to Adam. You've been born again of the Spirit of God, and you're a new creature in Jesus Christ and a Son of God. Now, you're on the road to glory, and Jesus Christ has prepared heaven for you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am there ye may be 
also. Oh, beloved, I trust you believe this with all your heart. Doctrine must be in the heart to be life eternal. Let us pray. Father, we thank thee for thy blessed word. Lord, so important is this to us. And if we didn't speak of this and spoke of everything else, and if we learned much of how to live in the Scriptures, and if we recognized Jesus Christ merely as a teacher and a master, we would have missed that which is eternal life through his sacrifice on the cross of Calvary and his resurrection from the dead. Likewise, reckon yourselves also to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through the body of Jesus Christ. Father, we thank thee for this, for Christ risen. We ask thee that if anyone is here this morning without Christ, that the doctrine may now be applied to the heart and sink in that they might really receive it. Every eye closed, just as we come to the table, there may be someone would like to say, Pastor, pray for me. No one looking around. It's between you and God. That's all. Just as Billy Graham says, put your hand up or come down forward, but we'll just ask for your hand. We won't ask you to come forward. You just want to say, Pastor, pray for me. Here's my hand. Quickly, just put it up. Say, Pastor, pray for me. Anyone at all? Pastor, pray for me. I really believe. I really believe. Yes, thank you. Anyone else you want to join? Yes, thank you. God bless you. God bless you. Anyone else? Quickly. Quickly. Oh, yes, come to Christ. Come to Christ. What glorious truth. Yes, praise the Lord. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Anyone else? Oh, what a day. Says the angels rejoice in heaven at one sinner who's saved, and we're all sinners. Anyone else? Quickly, just as I close, don't hesitate. Make it the great day of your life. Come to Christ. Anyone else? Quickly, to join these who raise their hands for Christ. Quickly, put your hand up. Say, Pastor, pray for me. Father, we do thank Thee for these who've raised their hands for Jesus Christ. And now as we come to the Lord's table, we believe it will be a special table for them and that You'll bless them wonderfully by Thy hand as they have come to be sons of God through a simple act of faith. For it is by faith in Christ and Him alone that we are redeemed. In Jesus' name.